Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed. Thank you once again, J.M. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whichever podcasting app that you care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any of the programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network, or of course, for short, Tloppin'. Find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners, and I am on Twitter as well, gang. You may find me there at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, if you're scoring at home. This is the fourth and final crossover episode this week here on Locked on Mariners. Today, a conversation with Taylor Blake Ward of Locked on Angels. It was a great conversation to wrap up the week, and it went something like this. Hey, Taylor, how's it going today? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Good to have you on. Getting late in the week. I'm kind of glad that um, the schedule worked out that for Friday, at least, that this was the last crossover of the week because we've done show. I've been, you've been on my show before. I've been on your show before. We've, we've done this before. So it's kind of a comfort level for me to wrap up the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. You know, it's like uh, I like closing out the week when, with talking to somebody and uh, if I'm being honest, talking to you is uh, near the top of my priority list. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. Not that I didn't have great conversations with the other three hosts. I thought all three uh, shows turned out very well. But there's some familiarity here, obviously, which makes which 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 helps. But there was um, we got to talk some baseball before we we go off the rails like like I did with <laughs> with Jason at the beginning of the week. Although that <laughs> yeah, might be my he favorite. Told <laughs> he told you about that. He did tell me about. Oh yeah, he told me about it. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I have to be honest. That that's one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. But in any in any case, um, I wanted to talk about the obvious, um, Anthony Rendon. I mean, obviously he helps the Angels Ball Club. Kind of talk about what he brings to the table in terms of both offense, defense, and what he's maybe what he might be like in the clubhouse. If you even know that, uh, you know what he's loved. He, they love him, and uh, they, he's a very easy guy, but a great teammate. Um, not afraid to joke around, but is kind of one, like respectful the way that Albert Pujols is. Mm-hmm. Uh, new leader, new leader. I mean, Mike Trout was taking over that leadership role, but now you've got multiple guys that are taking the lead. When it comes to him as a baseball player, there's people that believe he's a top five player in the game. I'm, I mean, I'll say top ten. I mean, I I don't think I'll deny that he's a top ten all around uh, position player in the game. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The offense that he brings, you know, the home runs may dim down a little bit in Anaheim, but he's going to hit those gaps and he's going to have. I mean, they call him t- Tony Tubags for a reason. He's going to have forty, fifty doubles this year. He's still uh, well, a good RBI guy, yeah. If, if we played, uh, you know, one hundred sixty-two games, but correct. Um, no, and then you look at Mike Trout. He's never had protection in the lineup like this. He's never had a guy like Anthony. Even when Albert was pretty good there for a little bit, or maybe the first two years with the Angels, he was okay. But this is a new level of protection for Mike Trout. I expect record-breaking items when it comes to Mike Trout. This is huge when it comes to these two guys being together. Uh, and then, you know, you've got a potential, well, maybe not gold glove because Matt Chapman's in a, even in the division. Right. But you've got a guy that, that – provides near gold glove defense on that left side of the infield along with some guy named Andrelton Simmons. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. <laughs> yeah, the name uh, rings a bell, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, familiarity there. Um, Anthony Rendon's huge. No one expected it. Uh, everyone expected Garrett Cole, which 
you know, we can look back on and that never happened. Right. But Anthony Rendon, man, I mean, that's a, that's a premium pickup. Uh, and you're going to get him. The one thing I like about him is his regression period isn't going to be that bad because you can move him to first base if he can't play third anymore. Correct. And his bat, it's not like he's sitting there with some uh, – he's a huge contact guy. So it's not like he's going to fall off the – you know, fall off the world. He's he's done with this contract when he's thirty five, I believe. So you're getting him in his premium year or prime years, mm-hmm. and you've got him when you can move him to first base if need be. And you've got you know his bat may slow down, but he's got the athleticism and everything to kind of carry him. It, it, the body's all there. This guy could be something really special for the Angels. And not only moving him to first base, he's in the American League now, where you can DH him if he needs a rest or something like that. Yeah, worst case scenario, which I mean, that's not a bad worst case scenario to have. No, it's Give not. Give him a few days uh, when um, Shohei Otani's not around, you know, and he's uh, has an off day. That's a uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. That's a great option. Um, talk about the Angels' pitching staff a little bit. You did mention Garrett Cole and the Angels not acquiring them, but they've got some other decent arms in the rotation, if I recall. Well, that's uh, up for debate. You know, I I like their arms, but not the way that. Uh, I'm not. This rotation has a lot of questions. Uh, with Griffin Canning having the early season arm injury, the mm. spring training arm injury, yeah. that's a big hit because he was set to be essentially their number two guy, even maybe their number one guy uh, until Otani showed up. You've got Shohei Otani coming back. You know how exciting that is. I mean, when he was coming over, he was known for his pitching more so than his hitting. It just so happened that yeah, he can hit too a little bit, you know. Just a little. Uh, Andrew yeah. Heaney, a guy that just ha- yeah, he just has to turn the corner. Andrew Heaney has to turn the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know what he is right now. Uh, we know what he has when it comes to upside. He could be one of the top 10, 15 pitchers in the American League if he turns a corner. But right now, he's a mid rotation guy, and he's your number one. You've got Julio Tehran who has outperformed his metrics for years. You've got Dylan Bundy who's finally out of the ALE, so you're expecting at least some uh, progress from him. Yeah. Outside of that, you know, you're looking at Patrick Sandoval, a rookie who has some upside, but it's a guy that you kind of are looking to him to give you uh, a Jared Weaver innings, Jared Weaver attitude, but not the Jared Weaver uh, statistics necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he needs to be an aggressor on the mound for him to have success, which he's shown so far. Uh, it's just whether or not that's going to carry for 162 games, which may be beneficial for him if we get playing ball here in 2020. That That is an if. So it kind of sounds like the back end of the rotation has more question marks than it has answers, but the front of the rotation may be a little bit more solidified, if that uh, makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of mid-rotation guys. Yeah. So it's, you don't have a, a true number two or an ace, and if you want to say a true number two, it's going to be Shohei Otani or Andrew Heaney or Griffin Canning. Mm-hmm. If any of those guys can turn the corner and be healthy, then sure, you, you know, that rotation's got some weapons. But outside of that, I mean – can you make it to the playoffs with a bunch of mid-rotation guys or number fours? I don't know. I, I don't know, really. Even if you do make it to the playoffs, you know. Yeah, you, you get into his five-game series, and you're facing Verlander Granke first off, and you're throwing a – I mean, you know, you're probably going to have to go throw Otani in your wildcard game or something like that. So you've got Heaney and Canning, which is a fine one, too, uh, to start off. But if, if Canning's not ready or Otani is not ready and you're throwing – Heaney and Tehran or Heaney and Bundy or Tehran and Bundy. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so certain about that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. 
with Anthony Rendon coming over, how do how do Tommy Listella and David Fletcher kind of fit onto the Angels roster this year? Oh man, don't mention David Fletcher, buddy. That is uh, that is a godlike figure to a lot of fans in Anaheim. Uh, <laughs> I like I like him too. Don't get me wrong, I like him too. I like yeah, his skill set. Joe, Joe Madden loves him too. Yeah. It's, I mean. He's an exciting player, and I'm sorry about that cough. He, he, it's not the coronavirus, I promise. He's got a, <laughs> an exciting player. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, there's not going to be a lot of power there. But if you can plug him in, it, it, they're expecting to move him around between uh, the corner outfield positions and second and third base. Now, third base uh, locked down pretty much. But yeah. uh, Tommy Estella being a lefty, David being a righty does help. You've also got Brian Goodwin, a lefty, who is going to take the majority of right field until Joe Adele is up. I see. Uh, so I think David Fletcher is still going to get his fair share of playing time. Mm-hmm. There may even be a point where Tommy Ostella and David Fletcher are splitting games. Not not uh, you know not like uh, one guy starts one day, the next guy starts the other day. One guy might play five innings, the other guy might play four. You know that's kind of how it's going to be. You also have to see where Tommy Ostella is. It, is last year's. Uh, power surge real was it really just the uh, movement in the box and being in front of the ball a little bit more was that really it or you know we you got to wait and see what's happening with Tommy Ostella. Uh David Fletcher is the favorable guy at that position though when it comes to the Angels right now even though Tommy Ostella was an all-star last year and about David Fletcher, I've always thought of him as, as more of an infielder does he have the arm to play right field or is he adequate or below the arms okay I the mean arms okay keep he played shortstop most of his minor league career. Oh. Came up as a shortstop, pretty good one. Um, the arm is there. I wouldn't say that it's great for right field necessarily, but yeah, you can play him in left field, no problem. It's just getting him outfield reps. He hasn't played the outfield since little league. Oh my! Uh, so it's it's going to be very interesting. But in his short sample, uh, looks comfortable. I mean, spring training, small sample, but looked very comfortable uh, out there in uh, right field. So. Who knows? I mean, if you can get him to be your super utility guy like Ben Zobris was for the Cubs and Joe Madden, then I don't see why not. I think he's a very capable uh, fielder. The arm, I, that's a great question, and I don't think I ever thought about the arm. I thought about playing the outfield, but the arm, I, I believe, is fine. I mean, I don't know if he'll play shortstop after Jolton Simmons is a free agent or comes back, whatever happens at the end of the season. Okay. But one thing with David Fletcher, he is capable of playing shortstop, but the arm is kind of what said the arm was kind of the thing that would have kept him off shortstop. So I'm not going to say he has a good arm, but it's not a bad arm at all. So adequate is kind of the word for for that, I would say. I think you said that earlier, and I totally ignored it. So yes, adequate no. is definitely <laughs> okay. yeah, absolute perfect way to say it. Okay. We're running up on a break here, and we've got a sponsor to talk about. I will do that now, if you do not mind, sir. Absolutely. Do you hate stepping on the scale? I do. I really do. Oh, you do? <laughs> I do. Well, Taylor... So I, uh, <laughs> I was telling someone the other day, I said, you know, I used to be really athletic. I used to play all kinds of sports, and then I got fat. <laughs> so, yes, I do hate stepping on the scale. Why don't you tell me about how I can fix that hatred? Well, I do too, Taylor, but maybe it's just because we have not met the right one. However, a company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, which is what I have trouble with, but so is having the right tools. Withing smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. 
Step on and data from every way in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and that means you have to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, and get this gang, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users, but not all at once, and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for a very limited time. Go to Withings.com, that's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com slash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Composition Scale. Once again, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com slash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Composition Scale. And before we go to break, one item that I always do is a Mariners trivia question. I've been theming them to the crossovers this week. Today's question goes as follows. The Mariners' first ever game was against the California Angels in 1977. Who started that day for the Angels? Ooh. Yes. And we'll think about that going into commercial break, which we shall take right at this exact moment. Welcome back to this crossover episode of Locked On Mariners and Locked On Angels with Taylor Blake Ward and DC Lundberg. DC, thanks yes. for having me on your show, man. Thanks for having me on this crossover. I, I love talking to you. It's a, it's a real pleasure. And uh, do you have an answer to the trivia question? I do, and I told you while we were at break, yes. and I want you to clarify that I did not look this up because I said it immediately as we went to break. The answer is Frank Tanana. That is correct, and I will vouch for Taylor. He got it correct legitimately. I will say this. I did take a wild guess. It's not something I knew, mm-hmm. but I assume 77, things like that. Who was the Angels' best pitcher at the time? And, yeah, so I'm glad that uh, you can vouch for me, and I'm glad I got it right, man. I, I took a shot in the dark and got it. Well, the the other hosts, I shouldn't say the other hosts, the hosts that have been on with me this week are now two for two in trivia questions. You and Jason Burke got them correct. Wow, Jason got something right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. No, yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. It's Jason's not fair. such a good dude. I will say he knew the answer and you guessed. So right back at you, pal. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that 1977 Angels team, you uh, kind of mentioned their rotation uh, to begin. Yeah, a guy named Nolan Ryan was on that team. Uh, <laughs> ah, that would not. Then Frank Tanana would not have been the best pitcher on the Angels at that time. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And uh, although, let's see, I'm looking at Tanana's and Ryan's statistics from that season. Tanana was statistically a little bit better than Nolan Ryan that season. Um, wow. Except for strikeouts, obviously. But my goodness, Frank Tanana that year had a 2.54 ERA and 31 starts. His whip was 1.086 versus Nolan Ryan's 1.344. Ryan still had a sub-3 ERA, which is really good at 2.77, but Tanana had the better season. Tanana was 23 and Nolan Ryan was 30. Frank Tanana was really good, man. I I feel like we forget all the time how good he was. And he had a very, very long career. He pitched 21 years in the big leagues, started with the Angels, went to the Red Sox, Texas, Detroit, and finished up uh, with the Mets and the Yankees in 1993 at age 39. He pitched a very long time. 
He did. He was awesome, man. I I would have loved to have seen him pitch live. Same. Yeah, I didn't get the opportunity. I didn't really start following baseball until the end of the 1995 season, and I was only 10 years old then anyway. But my goodness, Frank Tanana, 366 career ERA, 240 and 236. Let's see what his career whip was, because that's a great way for me to to judge a pitcher, because that's the only way I know how. 1.270 for a for a 21 year career is pretty darn good. Jeez, jeez, man, Frank Tanana was a stud. I didn't realize. I mean, obviously, he had to be very good to pitch for that long. I didn't realize how good ERA plus for a career of 106. So he was, yeah, you know, above above league average for his whole career. Pardon me, three seven nine was his career ERA. I was looking at his numbers for um. That's for that's else. still really good. That's still really good. It's, oh, that's his that's his FIP fielding independent pitching. Mike, that wow, my gosh, yeah. How uh, who would have been the Mariners' version of Frank Tanana? In 1977? No, just career-wise, who would have been similar? Like, who had a similar career to Frank Tanana oh, when it came to the Mariners? Oh, my goodness. With those numbers, I don't know if I could come up with somebody who pitched that long. I mean, the longevity part of it would obviously be Jamie Moyer, but they were very yeah, different he pitchers. He didn't have those stats. I can't think of... Uh... I can't think of any. I mean, Felix, I guess. Felix, uh, yeah, with the longevity. I mean, these statistics right here... I look at these, and I see Eric Hansen for his peak. I mean, Hansen had the arm injuries. Yeah, no, that's good. No, that's a good one. I mean, I, I think I think the world of Felix, I think he's a Hall of Famer. But, gosh, I mean, honest to God, those are very similar numbers, I bet, if you look at Felix and Frank. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a case maybe for Frank Tanana being a Hall of Famer. I don't know how good I, the case I'll is. I'll jump yeah. on board with that. Absolutely. I mean, and that's just me looking at his stats just kind of offhand right now. But I, there might be a case to be made there, yeah. Wow. I'm with you. Suddenly this turned into a Frank Tanana special out of nowhere. Yeah, it sure did. And we've got about three minutes left to talk, to talk it looks like. Bring it on. Bring it on. Let's go for five more minutes. Let's, let's do it just for, a, a little extended. Let's do that. Let's do that. Because, see, this is what I love about these crossover episodes where I just say, eh, let's just see how the conversation goes. We get ten minutes out of Frank Tanana. I never saw right. that happening. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> but at the same time, those are the best kind of episodes I think that we do, or at least that I do. Well, it's just it's it's you know I think um, when we do these shows, we try to be as real as possible and show ourselves. But sometimes we get into that groove where we kind of just we get in that groove where we're chatting and we're we're acting as uh, either journalists or as podcast professionals and mm-hmm. now you and I get to talk the way that we would have talked if I'd have called you this afternoon oh yeah and uh, that's what's so fun about this is people could you know I hope the listeners right now whether you're a lot on Mariners listener or a lot on Angels listener I hope you understand that you know DC and I've been friends for oh, a year and a half two years now something like this and mm-hmm. it's just us you know, shooting the, shooting the, uh, breeze. Tur- yeah. The breeze. There you go. Breeze is a lot better than turd. <laughs> yes, it is. So, uh, so you got, well, we got like three, four minutes here. Uh, anything else you want to talk about when it comes to, <laughs> let's go back into podcast mode. Let's go back into podcast mode. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can at this point, because I still got Tanana statistics. He, that two, five, four ERA in 1977 led the American league for what it's worth. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, Anyone that has a two five ERA any year, that's a that's astonishing. That's, that's what makes uh 
was Zach Greinke had like a 170 RA just a couple years ago? Yeah, he did. 2015, it was 166. It was a little better than you remember, as a matter of oh fact. Oh my gosh. I knew it was good. I knew it was like 17, but 166, that's... And it was like 190 innings, 200 innings? 222 and two-thirds innings. Oh my gosh. That, and and t- he didn't win Cy Young that year. I know that. He didn't win Cy Young. He was second. Yeah, to... Uh, was it not Scherzer? Um... And it wasn't Kershaw, and it wasn't Scherzer. Who was it? I'm getting those uh, numbers up right now. Let's see. MVP. Jake Arrieta won the Cy Young that year. Oh, God, I remember that. But you know what? Jake Arrieta's end of the season was scary good. Scary good. I remember that. It was very – yeah, and he also had a sub-2 ERA that year at 1.77, a little bit more innings pitched. Uh, The whips were both very similar. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the uh, oh, Arietta's whip was 0.865, which is in, in the wow. stratosphere, versus Grinky's 0.844. I mean, when you're talking about whips oh, that low gosh. and that similar, it's like, which would you rather? They're both great candidates. My goodness. I went to a playoff game that Grinky started that year. Oh, my gosh, man. That's amazing. The, the the whole I mean in Clayton Kershaw it was third in Cy Young, and he had an 0.881 WHIP. I mean this that pitching in the National League that and year, that, those three guys yeah. was magnificent. And I think 2015, I think I think Kershaw threw the near perfect game that year, the the no hitter that should have been a perfect game. Thank you, Hanley Ramirez. <laughs> that yeah, I think it was. I think that, it was 15. If that yeah, yeah that yeah. rings a bell. My goodness. Oh. I love talking Angels pitching. Mariners, by the way. Yeah, Angels and Mariners. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about the Angels already. We discussed. I've discussed the Mariners all week on this program, and I've already talked about the Mariners on your show. I don't think we even need to go there, quite honestly. No, no. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kalenic, very talented young men. Uh, yep. Quite a few young men that are very talented with the Mariners. That's about where I sit with it. Uh, uh, man, if we play 81 games, are the Mariners going to break 20 wins? 20 wins in, in uh, ooh, they go may, 20 and 61. May, uh, the, I think they're probably a little better than that. Uh, but I that's too, but still, yeah. I mean, I can't, wow. I can't see them losing a, uh, three quarters of their games. That's a lot. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I yeah. jumped, I jumped the gun. I, you know, I'm the jerk. It's all right. Oh, no, 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 no. Real quick before we leave, and I'm not gonna explain it. Do you remember the t shirt concept I sent you when it came to the Mariners? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, way off subject and not something we're sharing with the listeners just yet, but uh, that was fun. Yes. That was really, really fun. And uh, I think we got about uh, 10 more minutes after we said five more minutes, which is okay. These have been running over time all week, so I don't care, but we should wrap this one up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So uh, I guess I'll send myself out. Does that work? Yes, that does work. Thank you very much, Taylor, right. for uh, for doing gonna, this. Yeah. A lot of Absolutely. fun. And uh, you can uh, check out Locked On Angels at LockedOnAngels.com or any of the podcasting outlets you're using to listen to today's show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnAngels, and you can follow me personally at Taylor Blake Ward. Thank you very much, sir. We will talk to you definitely throughout the course of the season if there is one. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Take care, buddy. You too, man. 
Always great to talk to Taylor. I've been on his show before. He's been on this one before. He's done Diamond Quiz a couple times. I've done some other shows with him as well. It's always a good time. I look forward to him joining us back here on this program this season. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to rate, download, and subscribe to Locked On Mariners on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you prefer. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners, Locked On Angels, or Locked On Anything. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners and follow me on Twitter as well, ladies and gentlemen, at DC underscore Lundberg. I hope you enjoyed this week's crossover episodes. Remember to check out Jason Burke on Locked on A's, Brett Chancy on Locked on Astros, Bryce Patterick on Locked on Rangers, and of course my buddy Taylor Blake Ward on Locked on Angels. Ask your smart device to play Locked on MLB upon the conclusion of this program. We'll be right back here on Monday. In the meantime, have a great weekend, gang. This is Joey Martin saying that we'll be back on Monday for another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.